Hello and welcome to Behind the Drive, the podcast for girls and guys who love Formula One. I'm your host, Courtney Ross, and I am here for you every week to bring you fun and educational content while hopefully making some new F1 friends along the way. So if you love all things formula, then I highly recommend you hit the follow button to join the community and get notified every time a new episode comes out. What's up, guys? I am back with another driver profile, and today I'm doing the very anticipated, very highly requested Pierre Gasly. If you haven't already checked out my driver profiles on Lando Norris or Charles Leclerc, Leclerc, <laughs> or Charles Leclerc, you can find them in my profile. Anyway, without any further ado, let's jump into the life and career of Pierre Gasly. So Pierre Gasly was born on the 7th of February, 1996 in Rouen. I am so sorry to any French people if I've said that wrong. If I have, please try and explain the pronunciation in the comments for me. But it is a region in Northern France, well known for its racetrack. Pierre's family has always been into motorsport with his grandfather competing in karting and his grandmother being a karting champion. Go Gam Gam. His parents were also into motorsport with his dad competing in various categories. So naturally, Pierre was introduced to motorsport from a very young age. And at six years old, he was sitting in his own little cart, preparing to compete for the first time the following year. And for the next five years, he competed in karting at both a national and international level until 2010 when he was the runner-up of the CIK FIA European KF3 Championship. And I think we know by now that a lot of the young drivers that we see on the grid today all had a very similar path to F1. So when I was checking out the results for the KF3 Championship, there were three names that stood out to me, and that was Alex Albon, Antoine Hubert, and Max Verstappen. And like I said, Pierre Gasly was the runner-up in that series. So if you were to take a guess at who took out that championship, who would you say? If you were to say Max Verstappen, you would be wrong. It was actually Alex Albon, which was a bit of a surprise to me. So in 2011, Pierre Gasly took the natural step up into single-seater racing, and he chose to compete in the French F4 Championship. And apparently at the time, he was actually the youngest driver on the grid and still managed to finish third overall. So this was really good for him because it helped him stand out and secure him a spot for the Formula Renault Euro Cup for 2012. And this is where he started to compete against some other well-known names that you might know, like Nick DeVries, Nick Cassidy, Esteban Ocon, and Daniel Kvyat. And he was able to finish this championship 10th overall, which from the outside doesn't sound that good. However, there are over 50 drivers in this series, which is just insane. But it is a mix of experienced and junior drivers. And out of the junior drivers, which he was one of them, he actually came fifth. So pretty decent result. But obviously that wasn't enough for Pierre Gasly. So in his second year at the Formula Renault Euro Cup, he decided to take his skills and experience and change teams, which actually really benefited him because he was able to get on the podium more, had more wins, and walked away with the championship trophy. And that, of course, caught the eye of Red Bull Racing. He then, in 2014, 
steps up again into the Formula Renault 3.5 series. And he was racing for a team called Arden. And remember how I said that the year before he had caught the eye of Red Bull? Well, Arden, the team that he was racing for, was actually created by none other than Christian Horner and his dad, Gary Horner. And this was, and still is, a very successful and established business and company. And because of the connections and the sheer amount of sponsors that this team gets, Red Bull typically signs drivers from the Arden team into their junior program as a stepping stone into F1. And so Gasly was signed into the Red Bull junior program and this was his time to shine and prove he's got what it takes. And I think he did a really good job of showing his worth because he was on a podium eight times that season, which was 50% of the races. But unfortunately, he didn't win that series. Carlos Sainz did. However, it was still a really good result for Pierre Gasly and he got Rookie of the Year as well. So now we've moved up into 2014 and Pierre Gasly gets his first chance to compete in GP2 when a driver isn't able to participate in a race. And it went pretty well. So he was invited back at the end of the season to help out with the postseason testing, which ultimately opened the door for him to compete in the series for 2015. Now the team that Pierre signed to, which was Dams, came with a lot of success in the various categories that they compete in. However, for Gasly, he didn't quite see that same result. He did get some pole positions and a couple of podiums, but they weren't quite the results that he was hoping for. So when 2016 comes around, he decides to join the Prema team. And ultimately, this was a really good choice for him because he had so much more success and actually walked away winning the championship. But even though he was part of the Red Bull Junior program and he had all this success and wins under his belt, there weren't any seats for him to jump up into F1 for 2017. Because at the time, Toro Rosso had Carlos Sainz and Daniel Kvyat driving for them and Red Bull had Daniel Ricciardo and Max Verstappen. So as he's waiting for a seat to become available for him in F1, he decides to compete in the Japanese Super Formula Championship and he did such a good job in this series and he ended up coming runner-up by half a point. Half a point. So really, really good for him. However, I'm sure that would have been so annoying for him. Now, I'm going to digress for a moment and talk about Toro Rosso in 2017. So like I said before, they had Carlos Sainz and Daniel Kvyat driving for them in 2017. Now I won't go into Daniel Kvyat's career in detail because this episode isn't about him. However, I will say Carlos Sainz was consistently, consistently outperforming Daniel Kvyat over the period of about 18 months. And Gasly is just sitting on the sidelines, benched, waiting for a call from Red Bull to be given the opportunity to race in F1. And he got the call. Helmet Marco buzzed him up and said, Pierre, how do you like Malaysia? Would you like to compete in the Malaysian GP? And of course, Pierre said yes. I mean, I don't know if it was Helmet Marco who called him. That's an assumption. However, 
He did compete in the Malaysian GP and he did an okay job. Toro Rosso then officially dropped Daniel Kvyat and Pierre Gasly kept stepping in for the rest of the season for various races. So by the beginning of 2018, he has been a part of the Red Bull family for quite a while. He's got a lot of experience under his belt. He's been dabbling in the F1 races from 2017 and he's offered a full-time seat at Toro Rosso for 2018. So he arrives down under in sunny Australia. He's ready for the first race of the season with Toro Rosso, full of excitement, energy, motivation, all that. And he had a bit of an average weekend. <laughs> Unfortunately, qualifying didn't really go how he wanted. And then he had to retire his car in the race. However, for the rest of the season, he still managed to finish in the points five times. And when he wasn't finishing in the points, he was averaging about a P12 finish, which was still a really good result and better than what Toro Rosso was getting in 2017. So Toro Rosso would have been fairly happy with this result. And not to mention, Gasly was also still outperforming his teammate, Brendan Hartley. So it's widely known that Toro Rosso, or AlphaTauri as it's now called, is a kind of a junior team, or I guess a stepping stone for drivers to move up into the Red Bull team. And so many drivers have made that move over the years. So in 2019, when Daniel Ricciardo moved to Renault, Red Bull had to fill their second seat to drive alongside Max Verstappen. And this was a really big decision for Red Bull because they had so much success with Vettel in the early 2010s and the team were really focused on getting back to that level of performance and winning constructors and drivers championships again. So this is where I get a little bit presumptuous because we all know how 2019 went for Pierre Gasly. But I feel like he was so laser focused on proving his worth and showing that he was worthy of a seat at Red Bull, that it kind of took away from his natural talent. And we all know it would have been even more difficult when you're driving next to a pit bull like Max Verstappen. And I don't mean that in a negative way. But unfortunately, because Red Bull weren't really seeing the results that they wanted out of a second driver, they demoted Gasly back to Toro Rosso halfway through the season, which... I mean, what a blow for him to take. Which I really stand by and support Pierre because I think he did a much better job than what the media portrayed. To sum up his results when he was driving for Red Bull Racing, he did 12 races with them. And in nine of them, he finished in the points and was sort of averaging about a P7 finish. Now for comparison, Alex Albon, who was also given a chance at Red Bull, he was averaging about a P5 finish in his races. However, I am being kind and excluding the terrible result he had in Brazil, which would have blown out his average finish. Another comparison that I would ask you to consider is Checo Perez. Now, Checo obviously was getting used to the car last year as well but he also was averaging about a P7 finish, which was nearly on par with what Gasly was achieving in 2019. But anyway, I know that's very debatable and people have very heated opinions about that. So let's just go back to 2019. So he essentially gets bumped back down to Toro Rosso and he completes the season with the team. 
and he still finished in the points four times and finished the championship seventh overall, which is still a really decent result for Toro Rosso and Gasly. Moving into 2020, the season was affected because of the spicy cough that was going around at the time. However, Pierre was still able to finish in the points nine out of 16 races. And we can't forget as well, he also got his first win in F1 at Monza, which was so good to see. And I think at the time, this made him the youngest French GP winner, although I don't know if he still holds that title. So we're now up to 2021 and myself, along with I'm sure a lot of other F1 fans, would say that Pierre Gasly had a stellar, stellar season. I think he just had his confidence back, he was comfortable in the team and with the car, and he was even quoted saying that he was enjoying the sport again, which is so nice. And he continued to get better and better and he was pushing really hard and he was always up the front for qualifying and the races. By the end of the season, he had finished in the points 15 times, had that great third place finish in Azerbaijan and finished the championship ninth overall, which was only five points behind eighth position and was a whopping 78 points ahead of his teammate Yuki Tsunoda. So yeah, I think he had a ripping good year in 2021. And 2022 is proving to be a very interesting season so far. We're like, what, three, four races in? And I feel like the teams and drivers are still trying to figure out the cars. I mean, Gasly's picked up a couple of points so far, but I feel like as the team brings different upgrades throughout the season, we'll probably see a little bit more from him. But anyway, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the life and career of the beautiful Frenchman, Pierre Gasly. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you want to see more content like this, give me a follow. Don't forget to comment down below who you'd like me to cover next, and I will catch you all in the next episode. Bye.